welcome to the Virtually Done podcast. My name is Gemma and I'm the founder of Virtually Done. The Virtually Done podcast is created as a space to start important conversations that are often overlooked and speak to women in business with amazing stories and even better advice. It makes me so happy that you're here listening and I would absolutely love for you to tag me on social media at Virtually Done and let me know what you think. My hope is that you're able to take something away from every single episode that you can action into your business and that you're able to gain an insight into the behind the scenes of what running a business is really like. So let's dive in. One of the biggest things that people come to me with questions about is hiring team members. Now, when it comes to hiring, the first thing I want to say is that often what people go for is hiring an associate. And that is what I'm going to talk about in this podcast episode. But before you do that, double check that that's actually who you want to hire. Because if your business is like crazy busy, you need to look at what's busy and what's not being done and what needs work before you choose to hire somebody because so often someone will say oh well I need to just hire an associate right because that's the next step in this whole journey but when I ask them what they're struggling with it's things like creating their own content so if hiring an associate is going to give you the time for you to create your own content because that's what you want to do then an associate might be a good next step however if you hire an associate and you're still not going to want to prioritize doing your content or you still don't enjoy doing your content the associate wasn't who you necessarily needed you needed someone to help you with your content So before you kind of dig into this episode, make sure that you've reflected on what your business actually needs. Is it an associate or is it somebody else? Do you need someone to help you with your client's work or do you need someone to help you with your work? It may well be both. Most of the time it is both. It's that you need an associate so that you can continue taking on client work and carry on growing, but you also probably need some support in areas of your business as well. So in this episode, I'm gonna give five tips when it comes to hiring associates, because there is so much I could talk about here. And as I always say, it's such an individual thing. So I would love to give you like a step-by-step guide to follow to hire an associate, but ultimately it's gonna be different for every single one of you listening. And this is why it's it's quite often something I work through with my one-to-one clients. But hopefully these five tips will help you get started. So my first tip is to decide whether you are going to hire an associate now and then try to find clients that suit that associate or find clients and then find an associate to suit the clients. The biggest difference is that, you know, if you're thinking, I don't know what I need in in an associate, that's gonna differ depending on which option you go down. Because if you wanna hire clients first, you need to see what the client needs before you hire an associate. Or if you're gonna hire a dreamy associate and then find clients to fit that associate, it's gonna be, much broader in terms of like what what type of associate you're looking for so get really clear on like which option you're going down the other thing that people quite often do is they get to a point where they're kind of fully booked in their service providing you know business whether that's va or social media manager and they hire an associate to take on some of the clients that they already have if that's the case then obviously you're hiring an associate who can fit the skill set that you currently have so that they can serve the clients that you're currently serving. So get really clear on how you're going to hire somebody because until you know which kind of option you're gonna take, you're not gonna be able to answer the question about what you need. The second thing might seem like a really kind of obvious thing, but do not hire a second version of you unless that's what you need, okay? So for example, 
when you get on a call with somebody, you know, let's say you've narrowed it down to three people whose applications you loved, you get on a call with them, and there's one person and you get on really well and you're like, oh my gosh, I love Canva. And they're like, oh my God, I love Canva. And then you talk about all these things you have in common. That's great, but are you hiring for the position or are you hiring a friend? Because if you bring on someone who is exactly the same as you and has the same skills and passions and experience, that might work, but chances are it probably isn't what you're looking for. Because usually when you hire, what you're looking for is somebody who is different from you so that they can bring a new skill set, a new perspective into the business. Whereas if they are identical to you, you're not going to get that. So you might have somebody that you bounce off and that you get on with really well. And typically we are drawn to people who are like ourselves. So chances are you will find yourself being pulled to those people who you see yourself in. That's not always what you're looking for in terms of the best thing for the business. My third thing is to really break down the numbers. So as an example, let's say the typical virtual assistant earns £30 an hour and they're paying an associate £15 an hour. You might choose those numbers based on what everyone else is doing or based on what the kind of average is in the industry. But you really need to break down those numbers and make sure they're going to work for you. Because if you hire somebody for £15 an hour, but they take twice as long to do the thing, you will not be making any money. Okay. And you also need to bear in mind that even though you might be thinking, well, if I pay them 15, I'm still left with 15 an hour for doing nothing. How great is that? Realistically, you're going to need to still be involved. You're still going to be involved in, you know, overseeing the associate. You're still going to be involved in answering the questions and training them and potentially some contact with the client still, the kind of invoicing and stuff like that. The queries are a bit more serious related to contracts and things. So although you might be thinking, I'm going to get £15 an hour for doing nothing, the reality is that you will still be involved. So you need to make sure that your time is still being paid. But also bear in mind that the associate might take longer to do things. And so just try and work out, like, is this actually profitable? Because this is one of the big mistakes I see, is that somebody hires a bunch of associates to do a bunch of different things. And they, you know, money's coming in, money's going out. They're not really looking at whether things are profitable or not. And then they look back a few months later and they think, hang on a minute, I'm actually making a loss. I am making less money than before I had the team members. So just make sure that as you're hiring, you're really, really closely looking at those numbers. And I know that looking at numbers can not can like be one of those things that we avoid or that we feel fear around. But I promise you, you're going to thank yourself for it. So set yourself a time every single week where you have a little money date and just check that the money coming in and the money going out makes sense. And if it doesn't, make a move, like do something. Um, Because the longer you avoid it, the longer you're letting something potentially be, you know, taking money from you and it's not profitable. So just be really on top of the numbers. Um, Like I said at the start, it's very difficult for me to advise specifically on numbers without knowing everyone's business but just make sure that you are making a profit still so just really really dive into those numbers and be on top of it ultimately until you get into the flow and until you actually hire somebody and kind of see how things work and how quickly that person works and all those other things you're really not going to know so just be aware beforehand like how many hours can you afford to pay this person for How many hours do you foresee being involved in it? And so how many hours do you still need to be paid for? What profit margin are you happy with? Just work out all those things beforehand and then keep on top of it to make sure that things are where you want them to be. And if they're not, make a change. 
Today's virtually done podcast episode is sponsored by Coffee Clutch, my go-to for legal contracts for myself and my clients. If you're a service-based business owner, such as a virtual assistant, a web designer, a bookkeeper or a coach, they've got a wide range of contracts, policies and agreements to help you feel safe and secure in the legal elements of your business. So if you're looking for contracts or any other legal documents, I really recommend you go and check them out. All of their details are in the show notes. My fourth thing, I think we're on number four, um, is to be open-minded when you're doing the hiring process. So you might be someone who is really, really good with words. And so you might think a written application is the way to go. And you might have an application come through with some spelling mistakes, maybe some grammar errors, and you might automatically discount that person because they're not up to the standard that you expect. But what I would say on this is give people a chance because it, I mean, it really depends on what role you're hiring for, but let's say for example, this is to create social media graphics. Does this person need to be the best at grammar if they're just making graphics? Obviously, if it was like content writing, that might not be a good fit, but don't, exclude people for things that don't necessarily matter because just remember that just because somebody is not very good with words doesn't mean they're not amazing at creating a website just because somebody is not very good at expressing their emotions doesn't mean they're not incredible at expressing the emotions of their clients through their i don't know website content for example so yes obviously the application process it is difficult because you can't really get a feel for people very easily but what i would say is Try to go off the general feeling that you get from the person applying rather than the specifics because they might just be somebody who is not good with words. English might be their second language and for the role that you're hiring for, that might not matter because you might not need them to be writing pieces of content. So try not to just like discount people purely based on things that, well, you're thinking, well, I'm good at this and they're worse than me at this. So that's not good because remember what I said earlier, you need them to have strengths that you don't have and then you have strengths that they don't have and actually that can work to your advantage and you might want to consider having different options in terms of applying for the role so perhaps you could say if you want to fill in an application form here is the link to do that if you would pre prefer to submit a video application or some sort of really creative application you can do that as well because at least then you're giving people the option to demonstrate their personal skills and just think about those people who, for example, are dyslexic, like they might not be able to express how good they are through a application form, but they might be incredible. So just bear in mind that not everyone is going to have the same skill set as you. Not everyone's going to know all of the same things as you. And sometimes that's actually a good thing. So just remember when you're going through and kind of putting people into a yes, no and a maybe pile. Remember what you're hiring for and don't get distracted by things that actually don't matter. And my final thing, even though I could probably talk forever about this topic, is to be okay with the relationship not working. So just like any relationship, whether it's a you know romantic relationship or a business partnership or a friendship, sometimes you will meet someone and think, oh my God, I love this person. And then over time, you might realize that perhaps you're not a good fit, or maybe you have completely different ways of doing things, or maybe different morals, like it could be any number of things that mean that you don't work out as you first expected. And it's the exact same thing when it comes to hiring. And the worst thing that you can do is be in denial and ignore it. Because if you hire somebody and you realize that you made a mistake, maybe they weren't the right fit for the role or they weren't the right personality for the role or you know whatever it might be, you should be able to see that and be like, oh, okay, maybe I made a mistake here. Maybe I hired the wrong person. And you need to recognize that 
and own that and learn from it and then make a decision and move forwards. Perhaps you move them into a slightly different role. Perhaps you have a very open conversation and say, look, I don't feel like this is the best role for you. How are you feeling? Maybe you create a new role for them. If they're incredible and you think, actually, I really need this person on the team, but they're not fit for this role. Maybe you create a new role um, or maybe it is just a case of letting them go. The thing is, if you cling on to that person because you're embarrassed or because you feel like maybe you failed if you then get rid of them or maybe you feel guilty and you feel like you can't get rid of them, all you're going to do is prolong the issues. <laughs> like you're just going to have issues for longer. You're going to make your business harder to run. It's going to do more to harm your business than help you. The other person is probably feeling something. They probably feel some negativity from you and so they're picking up on that as well the best thing that you can do is accept that not every relationship works out and you'd be silly to think that you're going to hire the dream person the first time you hire anybody right like the same with if you went on one date you wouldn't expect that person to be the perfect fit forever of course it can happen and you know the, the more applications you get and the more you kind of pre-qualify people and do interviews and all those things the more likely you are to find the right person but sometimes you're going to get it wrong or sometimes things will happen that mean that they are a good fit initially and then maybe they're not later on. The best thing you can do is recognize that quickly and act on it quickly. So just like with the money dates every week, have like a team meeting or something very regularly and just be like, how are you feeling? How are things going? What's working for you? What's not working? Is there anything you need to communicate with me? And just make sure that if things are not working for whatever reason, you take action rather than just letting it carry on because... I've seen so many clients go through this and they feel that kind of guilt for hiring someone and then needing to let them go and so they refuse to let go and ultimately you will just destroy your business from the inside out if you cling on to things that are not the right thing for you. So I hope that that has given you a couple of tips when when hiring people. Like I said, I could talk about this forever. There is so much to say, so many lessons I learned myself, so many mistakes I made when I did this myself. And over the last few years, I, you know, I hired many associates within the agency and I've also hired all sorts of different people for my business as well. And I feel like it's one of those things that you have to just go for it sometimes, even though it's scary and you have to learn from your own mistakes or, you know, learn your own lessons from things that you do that work and that don't. But it really doesn't have to be as scary as you probably think it does. So I would just say go for it, have fun with it and see it as an exciting thing in your business rather than a scary one.